Welcome to Light Church. We're so glad you could join us for this weekly message. We hope this message leaves you feeling inspired and equipped to be all that you were made to be. Welcome to Light Church this morning. Welcome to our virtual gathering. Whoever you are, whatever your story is, if you're joining us for the first time, we want to say a massive welcome. Or if you've been on the journey with us for a while, welcome back. It's so good to see you. We are in week four of our series, Essentials. Essentials has been incredible so far. We've been looking at the key, core, fundamental, non-negotiables of our faith. So if you're joining us for the first time, you've picked such a great time to join us because we're going to be talking about what it is we actually believe, what are like the fundamentals of our faith. And maybe if you have been on this journey or you call yourself a follower of Jesus, today is still a perfect day for you to join us because we need to be people that understand what we believe, that understand what the key fundamental like beliefs of our faith are. So week one, we were looking at who is God. In the second week, we were looking at who is Jesus. And last week, we looked at what is salvation? How do I get saved? What is it? What's this whole idea about? So if you've missed any of those, can I encourage you to go back, catch up. In fact, share them with people in your world that you think might benefit from understanding these key beliefs of our faith. But today, we have a day ahead of us. I'm so excited. We are going to be looking at who is the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? Now, before we jump into this, I wonder in this lockdown if maybe I've heard a lot of people say this and maybe you find yourself in this, this very place right now where you find yourself, I guess, lacking motivation or there's like a little bit of a stagnant feel in your life or maybe there's people in your house or maybe you are on your own but you still feel isolated and on your own and you just feel like you can't seem to just get past this feeling. Maybe you just can't pull things together to get the motivation to do what it is you need to do. I know so many people have lost their employment or people have changed like they have to work from home and that can be difficult. And this season that we find ourselves in, I'm actually really excited because I really believe that God wants to breathe some life into that place right now. So if you're listening, you find yourself in that place where you're just lacking that motivation, you're lacking that drive, that feeling of that life and vitality in you. I really believe that God wants to do something in you this morning. We are going to be journeying and looking at what is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? And by the end of this, I really hope that we walk with some life in our bones today because it is such an encouraging, encouraging study to look at who is the Holy Spirit. So let's jump into this. When we ask this question, who is the Holy Spirit? We need to go right back to the beginning of the Bible where we first see the Holy Spirit introduced. So Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 to 2 says this. We've read this out a couple times in this series. It says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the surface of the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. It says darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So this is the very, very first introduction we get to this idea of the Spirit of God, which we'll later see as the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God. Now, the Bible writers understood this from both the beginning of the Bible and the Old Testament right through to the New Testament. This idea, especially in the Old Testament, of the word ruach. 
So this is a Hebrew word that essentially translates as wind or breath or air. But the, the Hebrew writers understood when talking about the Spirit of God, they'd use this word ruach. And it's this picture of like an energy or a, like an essence or God's personal presence. So when the, the, the Bible writers are addressing this Spirit of God hovering over the waters, it's this picture of like energy, just waiting, kind of hovering, getting ready to create and bring life out of things. And obviously it says that the surface of the deep, it was formless, it was dark. And the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit was there hovering, this energy, this power, this vitality was there, ready to create beauty and ready to create life. But then if we go on into the New Testament, we'd see this word pneuma pop up. So obviously the, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew and the New Testament in Greek. So this word pneuma is a Greek word and the Greeks would understand this in a very similar way. They'd see it as like breath or soul, but it's essentially talking about the same thing and they would use it to talk about the Holy Spirit, the breath of God, they would call it, or the, the spirit or the soul of God. Now, not in the sense we would understand soul, but in the sense of this life-giving essence or power that came from God. So I want to go again right back to Genesis. Look at this in Genesis 2 verse 7. It says, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now, we need to look at the sequence of this passage. It says, the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground. So he formed a man, but only when God breathed into the nostrils of the man, the breath of life, he became a living being. It was only when God breathed into humanity did we become living. So there's something deeper in us than just our physical being than our physical parts. There is this idea of the breath of God, this life-giving force, this energy, this kind of spirit that is in us that actually came from God. And we're going to journey through this this morning. I think this is going to really encourage us. So this is kind of the biblical picture. This is the way that the Bible writers would talk about the spirit of God. This Hebrew worm, uh, worm this Hebrew term ruach, that it just means this energy, this spirit, this essence, this power, this life-giving, vitality-bringing energy. You kind of get the picture of this, and obviously the Greeks with this word pneuma. And it was breathed into us. And we see it in nature, and it flows around this essence, this power, this spirit of God. So when we come to talk about the Holy Spirit, there's some like things that we hold on to as our beliefs. These are the things that we just say, this is what we believe about what the Bible writers were talking about, the Spirit of God. What are our like understandings, our beliefs about this? Well, if you're taking notes of this morning, the first thing that we need to understand about the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit is fully God. The Holy, the Holy Spirit in nature is fully God and the implication of this is it is to be worshipped. He is to be worshipped and glorified just as the Son and the Father are to be glorified and worshipped. The Holy Spirit is to be worshipped because He is fully God. Again, we're going to look at the self-definition of God here. These aren't ideas or these aren't theories. This is taking God's Word, the Bible, using it as our plumb line when we study this and saying, what does God say about Himself? How does, he, how does he display himself, communicate himself to us in his 
Bible, in this, this Word of God. So I want to look at this. The, the, the Holy Spirit is presented to have this equality with the Father and the Son, with God the Father and with Jesus, the Son of God. It's kind of presented as part of the Trinity. We've looked at this in essence, in nature. They are all God. But they have person. There is a personhood in the Trinity. There is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. This Trinity. But Jesus, in his own words, he kind of demonstrates this equality of the Holy Spirit. Listen to this in Matthew 28 verse 19. It says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is the revelation of God and he is saying, when you go out and make disciples, make followers, you baptize them in the name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, if the Holy Spirit wasn't fully God, this would be a very weird thing for Jesus to say because obviously we've, we've journeyed this over the past couple of weeks. God says, there shall be no other gods before me. So if Jesus was saying, baptize them in the name of, God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It would kind of be idolatry for Jesus to say this unless the Holy Spirit had equality as part of the Trinity. So we believe that the Holy Spirit is fully God and to be worshipped. There was an um, early church father, kind of one of the, the OGs, one of the old guys from like the first, second or third century called Gregory of Nazianzus. And he said this about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is often seen as the forgotten God. Often seen as the forgotten God. Now maybe this morning you've been a follower of Jesus for a long time. Maybe it makes you feel a little bit weird that I say the Holy Spirit should be worshipped. Because that doesn't sound so right to some people. But if we believe that when Jesus says, that talks of this equality of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the triune God, the Trinity, one God, three persons. Okay, we need to understand that there are so many of us that kind of, well, we're all for God the Father, the one seated on the throne, the one to be worshipped and, and kind of, we reverently seek the Father. And then Jesus, this 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 amazing Messiah that comes and like our Savior that comes to save us and redeem us and calls us friend and calls us brother and sister and kind of the person that we follow and emulate. And then it comes to the Holy Spirit and we kind of don't know what to do with the Holy Spirit. That's why we need to talk about it. Let it not be in our lives that the Holy Spirit is the forgotten God. So like, why does this matter? Why does it matter that the Holy Spirit is fully God? Well, like we looked in, this, in the Bible passage about this, the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God being seen as this energy or this essence or this kind of flowing air or wind or breath, which means it permeates all of nature. It permeates everything that is seen and unseen in this world. So think about that. God, the Holy Spirit is present all around us. We encounter the Holy Spirit on a daily basis, whether you are aware of it or not. And why does that matter? Because if the Holy Spirit is fully God, you can encounter God in the most profound way every single minute of the day. He is present in the deepest, darkest places of your pain. He is present on the mountaintop when you feel like life is good, everything's going together. The Holy Spirit is fully God and you encounter Him every second of the day. 
Think about that for a second. When we believe, when we understand that the Holy Spirit is fully God, that changes the way we see the Holy Spirit. It isn't just like an addition to our faith. It isn't just something good that we need to talk about. It is actually fully God. We are encountering God. We are talking about the one true God when we are talking about the Holy Spirit. I think that is important. The whole, we believe the Holy Spirit is fully God and the implication is He is to be worshipped. The second thing about the Holy Spirit that we need to kind of get our heads around is this idea of life, this vitality, this idea of newness, new beginnings. That is a part of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God brings about life and vitality and new beginnings. I'm going to just track a couple like big major points throughout the Bible and demonstrate the journey of the Holy Spirit and the, the kind of role that it's played in this idea or the theme of new beginnings. So let's look at this. In creation, we read the story where the, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God was hovering above the waters, like ready to create, ready to create beauty and bring up vitality and life. Then if you were to carry on, you would hear the, the, the story of Noah and the ark. Maybe you heard it in Sunday school as a child, or maybe you're familiar with it, or if you've been following this for a while, you would have heard us talk about this. Noah and the ark, where the earth was flooded, and God called this guy Noah, and there's all these animals, and Noah and his family are on this giant boat, and they're waiting for dry land to come. And when dry land finally shows up, what appears? It's a dove. And as we see this biblical motif, this theme of the dove representing the Holy Spirit, this idea where the dove comes and it represents newness, where God had made something new, redeemed, restored, created something out of what was all broken and messed up. The Holy Spirit, the, the, the Spirit comes in this, kind of marks this newness, marks this vitality. If we go on, we see the prophets. All throughout the Old Testament, we see major prophets, minor prophets. And we, we see this idea that the prophets were inspired by the Spirit of God. They were, the Spirit of God fell upon them and they were able to speak to the nations. And they kind of were the mouthpiece of God. So the Holy Spirit was this thing that filled up these prophets and created these, these moments where the prophets would say to the nations, look, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. And it ended up bringing them into a new place, like a new beginning. It always triggered something for the nation. If we carry on, we keep going, we see when we get to the New Testament, the, the idea of Mary and Joseph, these characters where Mary is uh, has this sort of encounter with the Holy Spirit and comes out and is the Holy Spirit places Jesus within Mary. And the Holy Spirit, again, is this idea of newness, new life, vitality. Then we keep going on. Jesus' baptism in, Math, in Mark chapter 1, where Jesus is baptized, he goes in, under the water, he comes out of the water representing new life and being washed and made new. And the sky opens and God the Father's voice says, This is my son who I'm well pleased. And then it says a dove descended and it was the Holy Spirit fallen. This moment, this beautiful picture of the Trinity, this dove, this kind of representation, this symbol of newness and life and vitality. And this, uh, can you kind of get this picture? The Holy Spirit pops up at these pivotal points when it talks about new life. We could keep going. When Jesus is put to death on a cross and he's in a grave 
and it says the Spirit of God. So God the Father raised up Jesus with the Spirit of God. So this power, this life, this vitality pulsed through Jesus' body. His human nature was brought alive by the power of the Spirit of God. Again, new life, vitality. We keep going. After the resurrection, we see this moment where Jesus speaks to his disciples and he said he breathes on them. We're going to read this a little later on. He breathes on them and they receive the Holy Spirit. And it's kind of this commissioning moment. There is some mark that says the new beginnings of what will be the church. The new beginnings of a move of God on planet Earth. Then we see later on into Acts, we see Pentecost, this moment. We're going to pick this up a little later on where it says tongues of fire and a mighty wind blew through this upper room and people were filled with the Holy Spirit. And then it is the, this is the moment when they leave this room and all of a sudden it is the beginning of this wildfire movement of the church that spread across the globe. Again, the Holy Spirit showing up when there is like creating this new life creating vitality, new beginnings. Then we see it when a new Christian comes like to, into the faith, I want to be a follower of Jesus, and they experience this washing, an encounter with the grace of God. They experience this feeling of being washed clean and made new. And that is the feeling of the Holy Spirit indwelling in a person. What does this mean? Why is this important? Why, why journey this? Why trek this? Well, that same power, that same energy, that same that vitality bringing life, bringing power. The one that raised Jesus' human body from the ground is available to dwell inside you, to live in you, to be with you every single day of your life. God wants to exist in this relationship with you. His power, His life bringing spirit is available to you and to me. So when we're saying we need to talk about the Holy Spirit, this isn't just like, oh, it's nice to know. No, we cannot do life without the power of the Holy Spirit. We cannot walk our daily lives without the power of the Holy Spirit pushing us on to be the people we were designed to be. I think this, it blows my mind that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, the same power that spoke through the prophets, the same power that was hovering over the water before creation is available for you and for me. That should change things. The Holy Spirit is fully God. The Holy Spirit is God's life bringing, vitality bringing power and energy. But the Holy Spirit has a mission. Okay, it's not just this like crazy power that just floats around like a little bit of a hippie doing whatever it wants to do just because it feels like it the holy spirit is on a mission it was sent we need to look at this what is the mission of the holy spirit the mission of the holy spirit is to illuminate jesus to point to jesus in john 15 26 it says when the advocate comes whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. So this is Jesus' words. He's saying to his disciples, look, I'm going to send someone. After I go, I'm going to send someone. And the, 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 the person that I send, he is going to tell you all about me. He is going to point you to me. This is Jesus outlining here the mission of the Holy Spirit. And he calls him the advocate. He says, 
He comes from the Father. So let's just quickly flick back to week one here where we talked about the difference between nature and person. So the Holy Spirit in nature is God, but the Holy Spirit is a person of the Trinity. So the Holy Spirit as a person of the Trinity was sent from God. So did you know that the the Trinity in nature is all God, but they have this interdependent mission. So they all have this mission. They all have like a purpose and all these purposes are interdependent. So as in they they kind of weave together and rely and and kind of flow with one another. So God the Father has sent the person of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says, I leave the Holy Spirit. So like the Holy Spirit has come and Jesus says, I leave the Holy Spirit. Because think about it, up until this moment when we read through the Bible, the Spirit of God was often depicted as being like carried in this thing called the Ark of the Covenant, which is this box that they used to carry on. It was this insane, profound presence of God. God was kind of in this place. This is where the, the presence of God was felt. But when Jesus comes, he says he leaves the Spirit. That means the Spirit is available. Kind of like it was, the Spirit was always there, but it's this idea that the Spirit was kind of released into the earth. And it's kind of like, go and create the beauty, go and point people to me, go tell them about who I am and what I've done. So the Holy Spirit's mission is to tell people, to point people to the, this re- redemption work that Jesus did on the cross. So why does this matter? Why does it matter that the Holy Spirit has a mission? Why does it matter that the Holy Spirit's mission is to point people to Jesus? Well, you think about it, life can get pretty crazy. And we believe that Jesus died for every single one of us. We believe that there is a plan and a purpose. There is a person that God designed you to be. And He loves you so much that He sent Himself to go through this horrific process of becoming a human, dying this horrific death, being buried, being raised again from the dead and then ascending back to heaven. He goes on this crazy journey for you and for me so we can be made the people that He designed us to be. Okay, but life can get pretty crazy and sometimes that that image of who we've been made to be, that relationship we have with God can become severed again it can become even put to the side maybe like we were talking about this lack of motivation maybe you've just been feeling like i just can't seem to get my relationship with god's sword i just can't seem to get into a rhythm or a routine what does this mean that the mission of the holy spirit is to point us to jesus is that it's like we have a compass in the midst of a crazy storm it's like we have a guide in the middle of a forest that we just seem to be lost in someone that walks with us kind of guiding us to the person that we've been designed to be. But the person that makes us that is Jesus. The Holy Spirit points us to Jesus. So when you find yourself in this moment right now, like I asked you at the beginning, are you just struggling to be the person you've been designed to be? Maybe lockdown has just felt heavy on your shoulders. Well, the Holy Spirit will point you to Jesus. And in relationship with Jesus, you can become that person that He's designed you to be. That's why it's so important. That's why we need to get our heads around the fact that when we talk about the Holy Spirit, He is present with us. He wants to journey with us. His mission is to illuminate Jesus. But His role, His role in our everyday lives is simply to help. To help. Let's look at this. John 14, 16 to 17. 
tell this to Jesus again. He says, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth, referring to the Holy Spirit. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Okay, we're going to start to build a picture here. We've looked at like the biblical references, the biblical imagery. We've kind of looked at a little bit of theology about what is the Holy Spirit? What's it supposed to do? Now we're going to look at it actually, like the, the manifestation of this teaching. What does it actually look like in our life when we say the Holy Spirit's role is to help? See, Jesus, when Jesus was born, uh, the, the prophecies about Jesus and when Jesus was actually born, there was this word, Emmanuel. Okay, they, they say in, in, when Mary was told by the angels, look, you're going to have a son and it's going to be called Emmanuel. In other words, Emmanuel translates as God with us. So Jesus was this, this idea of God with us. But the Holy Spirit, the idea of the Holy Spirit isn't just God with us. It is God in us. This changes things. In, in the Bible, we call this the externalization of God. So it was like, it was like God was now available to anyone and everyone who calls on his name. The Holy Spirit is God in us. What? We believe the Holy Spirit is fully God. And the Holy Spirit can, like Jesus said, can live within us. You have, did you know this? You have personal access. You have access on an intimate level with the God who created all things. You have access to the God that, that flung the stars into the sky, that breathed life into existence, that has a plan for your life. You have personal access. Why? Because he wants to dwell. He wants to live inside of us. That's what Jesus said. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. The Holy Spirit dwells in the Bible. It talks about our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. Okay, temples of God. This idea that we are kind of home to the Holy Spirit. When you follow Jesus, when you say, look, I want to be made new. I want you to wipe away my sin. When God comes and floods our life, He gives us the Holy Spirit and He makes Himself home within us. See, John 14, 16, that passage I just read out, it used this word advocate. The second advocate, it said, there'll be a second advocate to help. Now, the first this understanding of advocate or helper, the first referring to Jesus. But this word in the Greek here is paraclete. It literally just means helper. Okay, I said the role of the Holy Spirit is to help. It's this idea of an advocate, someone that speaks on your behalf, someone that kind of journeys through life and stands in front of you and shields you and, and kind of speaks on your behalf. There's an element where the, the Holy Spirit as God speaks to God the Father on our, on our behalf kind of talks to him and prays and speaks to God for the things that we need, things we don't even know, things sometimes we aren't even aware of. The Holy Spirit is called advocate. But when I say the Holy Spirit's role is to help, if we go through the Bible, we don't have time to hit every single passage. But let me read out some words that are used to describe the Holy Spirit. Advocate, counselor, helper, teacher, guide, truth teller, convictor, questioner, cleaner, listener, companion. This idea of God with us, God in us. Maybe in your life, you just feel like you aren't strong enough to make it through what it is you've got going on. 
Maybe there's some severe health stuff you're dealing with. Maybe there's some financial difficulties, some relationship issues, some marriage issues. Maybe it's just some self-confidence. Maybe you've just got some mental health stuff going on and you just can't seem to, to get through life and you feel like I'm never gonna get through this on my own. What kind of newsflash for us? We weren't designed to make it through life alone. God sent himself to this earth in the form of the Holy Spirit to be our helper. Often we don't like the Holy Spirit for one of the reasons I read out, truth teller. The spirit of truth he's referred to. Why? Because sometimes we don't like the truth. Sometimes we can't handle the truth. Sometimes when we're starting to veer off the path and we're not becoming the person we were designed to be, the Holy Spirit will pull us back in. It will convict us. It will make us just feel like, look, that's not what I've designed you to be. And we push the Holy Spirit away. We just, I don't want to know. I don't want to know because then I'll have to make change. Then I'll have to do something about it. The Holy Spirit is fully God and He wants to help in your life, whatever it is you're facing. If you need something that is going to clean your life, help you kind of give you that conviction to cut off those habits or cut off that relationship or stop getting involved in that behavior or stop texting that person back or stop getting into that relationship or going to that place or going to that website or ringing that person or, or sat, sitting daydreaming about all this material stuff that you want to acquire. The Holy Spirit is there. He's just waiting for you to say, look, help me. Help me, give me that strength. Because his role is to help. He is fully God. He is this life-giving, vitality-bringing force, this wind, this breath of God. His mission is to illuminate Jesus and his role is to help. And as we sort of come into close here, there's something we need to understand about this idea of the Holy Spirit living in us. There is one filling but continuous refillings. There is one filling and continuous refillings. What do I mean by this? When a person says, I want to follow Jesus, like I said earlier, God will enter that person. It's kind of like an invitation. It says in Revelation that I stand at the door and knock. And it's this picture of, of Jesus chasing after us, of God chasing after us, saying, look, I want to be in relationship with you. And he's knocking on the door of your heart, of your life, saying, look, I want to be in relationship with you. And he's standing there patiently waiting. And it's on us to open the door and welcome him in. Say, look, I've got some stuff I'm dealing with. I've got some stuff that I haven't got right. I've got some sin. I just need you to take away. And Jesus is standing there. God is standing there waiting for you to invite him in. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit kind of makes your heart his dwelling place, okay? Makes you his home. So let's look at this. Let's unpack this quickly. I know we've only got a few minutes left, but in John 20, 21 to 22, it says, Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. So this is Jesus with his disciples. He's saying, look, that he's about to head off back to heaven. He's about to ascend back to heaven. He says to his disciples, look, peace be with you. I am sending you out now. This is it. He's kind of leaving the Holy Spirit and he breathes on them. This symbolism of the breath of God. He breathes on his disciples and says, receive the Holy Spirit. So when we get like commissioned, when we get uh, like in relationship with Jesus, we get the Holy Spirit. 
But every single day, we have a decision to either live in relationship with the Holy Spirit or completely ignore Him. It's like we invite the Holy Spirit into our house and then pretend that He's not sat there. Can you imagine that you invite someone around for, for a coffee or you invite someone around for dinner and then they sit down on your sofa and you pretend like you've never seen them. You're just like walking around, not making eye contact, pretending that you've, they've, they've not actually walked into your house. As weird as that sounds, so many of us do this on a daily basis. The Holy Spirit lives within us. If you have said yes to Jesus, you've asked him to take away your sin, you've thrown yourself at the foot of the cross. You have said, I am a resurrection person. I've been made new. Yet, we push away the Holy Spirit. So many of us do it. Maybe this morning you're saying, well, how? What does that look like? How, how do I know if I'm living in relationship with, this, with the Holy Spirit who wants to help me in my life? Well, if we turn to Galatians 5, we'd see Paul talk about this idea of walking in the Spirit. It's kind of this picture of everywhere we go, we take the Holy Spirit. We're, we're in relationship, we're in partnership with the Holy Spirit. A little bit later on in Galatians 5, Paul says this, But the fruit of the Spirit. In other words, the demonstration of relationship with the Spirit is this, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The fruit of the Spirit, the demonstration, the evidence of relationship with the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. In other words, you will never achieve those things. You will never be those things unless you are in relationship with the Holy Spirit. Unless you live out your day, you walk through life with the Holy Spirit. We have access. We have access to the Holy Spirit. He wants to walk out our day with us. It's this idea of like putting on these things. Why? Because God has them available to us. It's like we become transformed and elevated and made new. We get, we kind of get like a boost in who we are. We get, we get a boost in these things. We get to walk through life with this power, with this life-giving, vitality-bringing power. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Well, maybe you're sat listening. You're thinking. Well, I don't really believe in God. I believe in the universe. I, I believe that actually, I, I think the universe is out to kind of, you know, do good things. Whatever you throw out into the universe, it throws back. So if you do good things, you'll get good things back. And the thing is, the universe cannot be good or bad. It just is. Because if it was good, then we would see, I don't know, like the water we drink becoming sweet. Or if it was bad, we'd see the water we drink one day being sweet and the next day being sour. It'd be like out to get us. But the universe can't be good or bad. It just is. It was spoken into motion. It just is. But I believe that this feeling of this universe, this energy or this presence or this heightened understanding of spirituality is actually your encountering of God. This energy, life bringing, vitality bringing, something makes the hair stand up on your arms, kind of makes you feel like there's something more to life. Can I encourage you that that is the very personal presence of God? And we need to put language to this. This is not the universe. This is not good vibes or energy. This is the presence of God in the spirit of God known as the Holy Spirit. And he has been chasing you down. 
because his role is to point you to Jesus. Because in Jesus, in relationship with him, you become who you were designed to be. That same God who sent himself on this rescue mission to die on a cross, be buried and re-raised again. That same God wants to be in relationship with you right now. Maybe you've lived your entire life. Maybe you've lived your entire life just ignoring the Holy Spirit. You might be a follower of Jesus, but you've just ignored the Holy Spirit. Listen to this last verse. Luke 11 13 says this, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? We said there is one filling, but many refillings. Every single day we need to make the commitment. Say, Holy Spirit, fill me up again. Let me live in relationship with you. Because the one filling, He already came when you became a Christian. But fill me up again today. Let me walk in step with you today. Or maybe today is just a day where you're going to recognize the Holy Spirit in your life. And you're going to make that decision, that decision, that cross that line for the first time. And today will be a day that changed your life forever. All you got to do is take your life, take all of your sin and your brokenness and throw it at the feet of Jesus and just say, look, I'm sorry for all the stuff I've done. Would you take my life? Would you take my brokenness and my dreams? Would you take it all? And he'll stand there with his arms out, ready to accept you in. Let me pray. Father God, I want to thank you for today. I want to thank you for your Holy Spirit. I want to thank you for who you are. God, I thank you that that same power that raised Jesus from the dead, that resurrected his human body, is available for our daily lives. God, we thank you for those people that said yes to you for the first time. God, I pray that this would be a day that changes their life forever. We thank you, God. We just want to worship you. We want to follow you with everything we've got. God, I pray right now that we would just become so aware of your presence as we live our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, it's been so good to be with you today. Thank you so much for joining us. If you made that decision, we want to celebrate with you. We got a couple of next steps that you can take. Please don't go anywhere without letting us know. But thank you for joining us today. We will see you same time, same place next week. You've been listening to a weekly message from Light Church. If you would like any more information, you can find us online or on social media. Thanks for listening.